Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Yeah, we just got a little bit of time today. Well, I'm, t- I'm trying not to worry about time. Amen. Let me just say something that we've done differently. Maybe you noticed it. We made a transition, so God was whatever. I'm, before I tell you where to turn, we may be going somewhere else. We made, a, we made a commitment uh, this week. We said, Lord, and we've been praying into this. For the last couple of years, our church has been going through changes as we just continue to seek more of the presence of God. And we decided, you know what, you know how we usually break for the offering and all that. Let's move that to the front. So then in the beginning, we'll do our announcements. We'll welcome our guests. We'll do all of our housekeeping type things. We'll do the offering. We'll worship the Lord with our giving. And then once we get into worship, All timers are gone. We're just going to go from the worship into the word or from the worship into the worship or we're going to do whatever. We're going to do whatever. So I just want you to know why we're doing what we're doing. In the first service, we didn't get to this point. We come up and we had a a message in tongues with interpretation tongues. So if if you're down with that, you should have come to the first service. If you're not down with that, you still should have come to the first service. Because it's totally of God. But God wanted to speak to us. We talked about praying for prodigals. And man, it was powerful. And uh, when I came up for the second service, I felt like God saying to me, don't put me in a box. Don't do the same thing we did in the first service. I want to do something different. I said, all right. So we're just trying to flow with it. And our goal is his presence, not our agenda. So I know, again, I, I realized where I grew up. I was born and raised in Southern Illinois. It's the Bible Belt of the Midwest. Traditional church is very common. So to come out of that, it's a little weird. It's a little awkward. So let me just put you at ease. It's weird and awkward for me at times to not know what God wants to do. But our goal is you encountering Jesus, not being impressed with what we do. Because we can speak things. Okay, never forget where I'm going to go today. We can speak things. We can give sermons. But what's going to truly change the world is the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. So what we're wanting is more of him because you can say, wow, I really like his preaching. But when something miraculous happens, no man or woman gets credit for that. They say that was God. When a person comes and just out of nowhere, they just get under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and they want to give their lives to Jesus. And you're like, I never thought they would be saved. And that day they get said, what happened? What caused that? Jesus happened into their life. And this is what we're looking for. This is what we're going after. Is something I believe the world is hungry for. They're hungry for more than just church services. They're hungry for more than just going through motions. They're wanting demonstrations. What is that demonstration? It's not always like healing or something. It's just the presence of God that causes them to recognize there is something greater than me in this earth. So if you got your Bibles, let's go to... I'm pausing because I don't know. (laughs) Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That sounds like it. Sermon notes are not available on your version Bible app. I've worked very hard for those, but you can save those for another time. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Come on, Jesus. For those that have been here for a long time, there was a time... This has been many years ago. We had Sunday night services. I preached on 1 Corinthians chapter 2 for 
weeks and weeks and weeks in a row. It is one of my favorite chapters, and I felt the Lord speaking about it um, this morning, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there, and we'll see what he has to say. You guys okay with that? Yeah, yeah this, is <laughs> this is awesome. If you think you're nervous, try doing this for a while. <laughs> I got some notes, but I just don't think they're what God wants to do. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech. This is Paul writing. He said, I didn't come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Some people interpret that. Some scholars believe that Paul was not a very eloquent speaker. There's another guy that he ran with around that time named Apollo. And Apollo was much more eloquent. He was much more gifted in, in speaking. And his oratory abilities were much better than Paul's. But Paul had tremendous revelation from the Holy Spirit. And so he said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech. In other words, I didn't come to impress you with my ability to talk. Number, verse 2, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Here's the gospel in a nutshell and the transition that's taking place, I believe, in the, in the church universal. I know that tr the transition's taking place here and has been for a couple of years. But here's what I see happening on the horizon, that churches are going to continue to get away from the self-help messages that get people to come, and they're going to go back to the message of the cross. This timeless message... That the symbol of Christianity is not a new house. The symbol of Christianity is not a new car, a new job. The symbol of Christianity is not something that's about blessing me. The symbol of Christianity is something that took the life of our Savior. That he willingly laid down on this cross and allowed them to nail his hands and his feet to that and bore all of our sins on that tree. He was cursed hanging on a tree. That is the message of Christianity. So now Jesus brings this same message, and Paul's telling it here, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ, but not just Jesus Christ, bless me prayers. Jesus Christ and him Crucified. Why? Because Paul was saying the crucifixion of Jesus is paramount for us to be disciples of Jesus. It is not paramount to be a church attender. We could be church attenders and not know diddly squat about the cross. Can you say diddly squat? I guess so. I mean, we, we, you don't have to, we don't have to know anything about the cross to come to church and feel good about ourselves. But when the gospel is preached with the message of the cross being centerpiece, it's about me coming to a place of dying to myself to live for him. That the purpose is not what will God do for me. I might as well move this. The purpose of the, of the gospel is not God, what's in it for me? 
Please, preacher, will you use excellent of speech to tell me how if I come, my life will be better so that I will honor you with my presence. That's the Western gospel. That's the Midwest churchianity competing for church members. Trying to get so-and-so to leave that church to come to this church because we do this better and we do that better and he preaches better or they sing better. I'm looking for some support. That's, That's not the gospel. The gospel is, do you want to be a follower of Jesus? I don't care where you go to. Do I think it matters? Yes, but I think it matters not because the name on the door. I think it matters because of what they preach. I don't care what the name on the door is. That doesn't matter to me any at all. What matters is what we preach and who do we preach. And Paul said, I don't even want to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So what we're declaring to you and we're declaring to me and others around is that as you come to church, here's the message. Jesus died on a cross for you, for me. And guess what? He asks us to do the same. Well, I just kind of want to decide how much of my life I give Jesus, and I'll give him Sunday. I mean, I'm here, ain't I? You ought to be thankful I'm even here. No, no, no. Jesus didn't say that. He said, if you want to be my disciples, if you want to be my follower, here's what you do. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Now, what does that look like? I don't know what that looks like. I'm shooting from the hip here. So deny myself, take up my cross, not his but mine, and follow him. I didn't set this down when I started following him. Take it up and I follow him with this with me the whole time. Why? Because it reminds me that it's not about me. That Paul said that I crucify myself daily. So when I keep the cross in my life, then I'm always, every time Chad's waking up and wanting his own way, then God says, remember the cross. Every time I'm whining and complaining to him about something that he's not doing or he's not coming through for and the time I want him to come through for and when he's not doing this and he's not doing that, he says, remember, you said you would take up your cross and follow me. So now when you're wanting to resurrect your flesh and resurrect yourself and have a big pity party and oh, it's me, what about me, what about me? He said, climb back up on that cross and follow after me. Now, it's something we don't want to do. I don't want to do it. I get it. But it's only through this that we really find true life. We don't find true life in pampering ourselves. We don't find true life in getting our own way all the time. We find true life when we're willing to die to ourselves. And this is why God has caused an upheaval in the church. Because pastors, God help us, were willing to tickle your ears to get you to come back because you were the goal. Oh, if you will come. Oh, if you will come, I'll feel better. If you will come. Oh, I need more. I need more. I need more of you. 
They didn't need more of him. They need more of them. And God is flipping that over. He's, he's overturned that. He used COVID and the, and, the, and the pandemic to overturn the church and say, listen, listen, it's got to be me focused and not them focused. So again, we're not saying that because we're better than anybody else. I'm just being transparent about our goals and our agenda is that we want to emulate this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 3. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. Notice how Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the Bible, over half at least. Some people may say as many as two-thirds. And look what he says. Notice he's not doing any bragging. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Everything needs to point to Jesus and not about us. That we come with weakness. In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. In my weakness of not knowing what I'm supposed to do and when I'm supposed to do it and how I'm supposed to do it, in my weakness when I'm not relying on what I'm, what I'm doing, that's when he's really going to shine. In your weakness, we're running from weakness when we should be embracing it. We should be thanking God for the opportunity to totally depend on him. How many times have you, maybe you've been like me, got into scenarios and situations. Hang on, i got to get a splinter out of my hand. There we go. How many times have you got into situations? It's a thorn in my hand given to me, buffeter. <laughs> Just kidding. How many times have we been in situations that we feel overwhelmed and we feel weak and we think something's wrong? What if... That situation in our life, God's going to use it to point us to this true strength that relies, that is a him. Look what it says in verse 4. I love this part. Paul says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. In speech class, we used to have to give persuasive speeches. We had different kinds, you know, different kinds of speeches. Anybody ever taken speech class? Yeah, look at all of you. It's great. So um, I love speech class. I mean, I just had a knack for it. I didn't really prepare much transparently. I'm sorry, Mrs. Litherland. I didn't spend a lot of time getting ready for it. I'm just like, give me the subject. I'll get up there and talk. That's not to brag. It's just something, obviously, it turned out to be God's purpose in my life and we had to give persuasive speeches and and you had to be something to convince people to do something and here's the problem when you become in this position where we feel like we have to persuade people to do something then now our goal is not unto him but it begins to be unto people and I just want to retire from the need to persuade people outside of the unction of the Holy Spirit that my best sermon on my best day, void of the presence of the Holy Spirit, is nothing. Your best speech to your family member, to your friend, to try and get them to do something, it is not going to work. I repent right now under the unction of the Holy Spirit of trying to do things with my mouth that God has not ordained me to do. I want you to think about that for a moment. I'm thinking of all the applications in my mind right now. How many times have we tried to say things with our mouth to persuade an outcome 
that God was not directing us. Do you know what that's called? It's called manipulation. It's called witchcraft. We went too strong there? Let's stay with manipulation. (laughs) But when we try to produce an outcome with our words without the leading and unction of the Holy Spirit, we are wasting our breath. And Paul said, I didn't come to you. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. I didn't come to you with mankind's wisdom, but, but I came in demonstration, demonstration of the spirit and of power. I'm always, uh, not always, that's not a right way to say it. The church should not be trying to be nervous about or hide from the demonstration of Holy Spirit. We should be embracing demonstration and power. Maybe you're like me, I was raised in traditional church, so demonstration of Holy Spirit and power did not happen uh, much in services in certain contexts. Certain contexts it was, because we can put demonstration of Holy Spirit and power in a box and we think it always looks like this, and that's not the way it is. When a person gets born again, that is demonstration of Holy Spirit and power, because the only way they can get born again is by the Holy Spirit. It's not just someone rolling on the floor. It may be someone rolling on the floor, but that's not the only way. So what we need to do is pray for the demonstration of spirit and power. Why? Because only the demonstration of spirit and power is what changes an individual's life. So our prayer is not for you to be impressed with what happens up here. We want you to be impressed by what happens in here in you. That there's a demonstration. You, a demonstration of, of Holy Spirit and power may be that you feel the love of God in your life so much that it, it melts off rejection. People come in here, they're battling with rejection, battling with, with what's happened to them, maybe abuse as a child, and they feel the love of God like a lava. I was in Guatemala, and they have three active volcanoes, and we got some pictures uh, there and the smoke was coming out of them and they saw that these trails down the mountains where they had erupted and just, you know, burnt all the trees down And this. Sometimes the presence of God comes on you like lava. I feel like the Lord's going to do that today in the name of Jesus. That he's going to come on you like lava and it's going to melt off rejection, melt off bitterness and unforgiveness. Some people are dealing so much with bitterness in their life that they're paralyzed. And God's wanting his love to come on you like lava today. So demonstration of the spirit and power, verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but where should our faith be? But in the power of God. I don't want your faith to be in the wisdom of individuals here. I don't, we don't want to build a church around an individual, around a person. If, God, <clears throat> if I'm going to be here, if I'm not going to be here, never should matter. As long as he's here, that's all that matters. I prayed this morning and I pray this often. I said, Lord, I pray that your presence would come today so that I would become unnecessary. Unnecessary. Just whatever God wants to do is the, is, the, is the purpose and what we're after. So he's saying here that, the, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Too many people are putting their faith in individuals, putting their faith in, in, in man's wisdom and not in the power of God. And God said, I want to do a shift in the church 
that every single one of you, that your faith is not in what someone says. Again, I thank God for leaders. I thank God for spiritual leadership that can help us and speak into our lives. But our faith should be in the power of God. What is the power of God? Let's think about that for a moment. The power of God. With God, how many things are impossible with God? Nothing is impossible. So if nothing is impossible with God and my faith is in the power of God, then whatever I'm facing, that becomes subject to the ability of the power of God. Waiting. Waiting for awkward silence to drive me crazy on the inside. I'm, a, I'm after something in my life. <laughs> and I don't, I don't always do it very well. But I'm after... I'm after this cross and it's a painful journey because I, I want to respond out of myself and he asked me to respond according to him. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. I don't know if you're like that, but that's my natural bend is I want to please me some me. But God has asked me to live a life where I'm carrying his cross, my cross, so that now <clears throat> I subject my will to his will so that his kingdom will come and his will will be done in my life on earth just as it is in heaven. And what I believe God wants to do in your life is not point you to a person, point you to a man, not point you to a church, but to point you to the power of God that you will bring people from far and wide, not to hear them speak, but to get in the room where he's doing something that no man or woman can do. Yeah. I want to be oblivious to any credit or glory or I don't want it to be attached to my name or the name of the church. I want it to be that when you bring people, the name of Jesus is so lifted up that you're like, just come and get in the room. Amen. Just get in the room. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen through worship. I don't know what's going to happen through the meeting. We don't even know if Chad's going to be preaching. We don't care if Chad's going to preach. Just come and get in the room. Yeah. Come on. Why? Because we're all after him. We're, we're all in this journey that we're, we're not after persuasive words of man's wisdom, but we're after demonstration of spirit and power so that when people come, their faith is not in what happens up here. Their faith is looking up. They're saying, just come, get it. I'm in row 15, seat four. The glory of God is going to fall right here. It's not just on the carpet. But I pray when I come and pray every morning... Uh, every Sunday over the doors, I pray over those doors, and my prayer is that the fire of God will touch people as they walk even through the doors. You may get zapped and fall down as soon as you walk in the doors. I pray it happens. I pray it happens. Because I don't want there to be any limitations on what God can do. So our hunger 
is for you and me, all of us, to encounter Jesus. Because when we encounter him, and I don't want to take away from the value of this message. Paul said, I'm not, I'm not come to know anything except Christ and him crucified. So if we want to be a follower of Jesus, last scripture, let's go to here. Go to here. Go to this one. What does that mean? Go to here. Um, where is it? Yeah, just a couple pages to your right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I think that's right. That's what happens when you don't have notes for this. Thank you, Lord. You can take this message to India and use the notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's read... Um, Hmm. What do you guys want to read? Let's start. Verse, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> We're taking a poll. Verse 17. Verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. I can tell you that we're joined. I, I was just reading this in my own private reading this week. and The word joined means to be attached to or glued to. But he or she who is joined, glued to, attached to the Lord is one spirit with him. I read that and I said, Lord, forgive me for not being joined with you all the time. I've got a long ways to go in my Christian walk. I really do. I've got a lot to learn. I've got a lot to... I'm on, I'm on a journey and I'm, I'm in progress. And my heart is not that God will give me more, that I can have a new this or that. I mean, I, my greatest prayer right now is that I will be joined to him. John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I memorized that verse and I, I spoke it with this one. I said, Lord, I want to be joined to you. I don't want to attend church only. I, I want to be joined to you. I want to be glued to you. I want to be attached to you. I'm not asking you to be attached to me. If I'm attached to him, he's attached to me. Here's what the difference is. Too many times we're asking God to bless what we're doing instead of joining ourselves to whatever he's doing. Just saying, Lord, I will leave my job. I will do whatever. I want to be joined to you. Not, dear Lord, dear Heavenly Father, this morning, will you please bless my day and bless what I decide to do, bless my choices. God's calling us into something greater than that. He's saying, be joined to me. We, we like that unless it's here. Verse 18, flee sexual immorality. 
Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Seems random, but it's perfectly placed in Scripture that we cannot be joined to him and live a sexually immoral life at the same time. Look at verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. You're not your own. Verse 20, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Friends, we need to know that our body is temple of the Holy Spirit, whom we have from God and we are not our own. Our life doesn't belong to us. Why does it not belong to us? Verse 20 says, for you are bought at a price. Right here, right here, he purchased me. He bought me and it cost him his life. Cost him everything. Cost him to leave heaven, take on the form of a man, humble himself to become like his own creation and let his creation nail him to a cross. That was a price that had to be paid. My sin was too great. I couldn't just be a better dude and get into heaven. It would not work. The price was too high. Sin separated me from God. He said, but I will pay it. I'll pay it. Chad, your account, you're in debt and you cannot get out. You can't get out. So he said, I will pay it. Therefore, because... I paid for you, Chad. Now glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I want to submit something to you. If you bow your heads with me this morning. Obviously didn't come with persuasive words of human wisdom. But I want to take a moment to give you a opportunity to hear the voice of Holy Spirit. You are not your own. I am not my own. You have been bought with a price. The message of Jesus, the message of Christianity is not the message of attending a church service. The message of Christianity we need to be crystal clear. Too many in the church are deceived because they've been sold a bill of goods that going to church is good enough. I'm telling you, followers of Jesus absolutely should be in church with a family of believers and support group and people that will pour into your life, people you can help and people you can serve and all of that. But as far as our eternity goes... It's only the cross. Have you climbed up on your own cross and died to yourself? Have you given Jesus your whole heart or are you just giving him the bare minimum hoping it's good enough? The message of Jesus to us that Paul was talking about was I didn't come to know anything except Christ and him crucified. 
that your faith would not be in the ability of a man or woman to speak to you and tell you great sermons so that you're impressed with their sermon-giving ability and it tickle your ears and makes you feel good or maybe it even challenges you, but you've never really taken up your cross. You like the sermons, you like the talk, you like all that stuff. It's good, there's nothing wrong with it, but God is saying, have you taken up your cross yet? Have you denied yourself or are you still on the throne? Is Jesus Lord or are you just a religious person? Is he the Lord of your life or are you just a churchgoer? Maybe you have Christian parents. Maybe you, whatever, you got Christian family members. You, maybe you just got in a habit and you've always gone to church. Or maybe you once was on fire for God and you was giving him everything, but now you find yourself lukewarm or just going through the motions and there's no fire to your passion for Jesus. It's just, I'm checking the box and I'm coming and I'm attending and I'm not really burning for him. Maybe my convictions have compromised and I've started doing things that I used to wouldn't have ever done and now I'm justifying it and saying it's okay because I'm under grace living a sexually immoral life but but that's okay everybody else is I don't know what it is but I'm just asking Holy Spirit to come that your faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but it would be in the power of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Draw people to you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.